don't really see what I see. If you did see what I see, maybe you'd just hold your tongue a bit more, Dave. You can put your name in as well. And God wants us to take everything and understand. Something's just gone off. I'm not quite sure what, but it doesn't matter. It's like a star shining on me now. It's a beautiful thing. It's the Lord. And this is the context for our thoughts. I want us just to think about it. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? See, sometimes I don't really think as believers we think about the kind of people that God wants. I think we spend a lot of time thinking about what we want of God. Hello? I think we can spend a lot of time asking God to do this, this, and this, but not much time focusing our lives on what kind of people God is asking us to be. And I think it's an important question to us in these days. And the backdrop is serious. The backdrop is huge since everything will be destroyed in this way. Friends, everything that we hold on to as if it's here for eternity will pass away. Sometimes I feel we've grown too much in love with things, don't you? Everything will go. The world that we love, it's going to be changed. On the great day of the coming of the Lord, the judgment of the world. Wow. Sometimes we mean remind ourselves, Christians, that's what we believe. That's the truth. We're not following Jesus because it's a life improvement plan. We're following Jesus because he's Lord. And he will judge the living and the dead. And therefore our following of him needs to recognize this question into our hearts and into our lives. That he is bringing all things to his culmination in history. We are living in the pause of God. Paul calls it the day of God's favor, the day of salvation. Peter says just that the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. The earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Everything done in it. Wow, that's interesting, isn't it? And so I want to talk this morning about this whole Uh, And over the next few weeks when I'm preaching, I'm going to preach again and again on this. Aren't you glad? Aren't you excited? If you don't listen, I'm going to send you the CD. Do you know what I mean? What kind of people ought we to be? I think it's a really interesting question. I think it's a really interesting thing to ask ourselves. In the light of where we are before God, in light of what God is doing and what God is saying, what kind of people should we be? And Paul be- sorry, Peter begins to answer his question. He says this, you ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. I love that little phrase. You ought to live holy and godly lives. I don't know about you, but I never like to be told what I ought to do. Am I just alone? But the Bible tells us. See, He comes to us and he says, actually, you ought to live like this. In the light of the coming of God, you ought to live differently. I want to remind you today, church, as your pastor, 
just respectfully and gently, we ought to be different. We ought to see things differently. We ought to be holy and godly. And that little phrase, holy, I, I, I used to grow up thinking, I, I can't be holy. Because when you just measure it by you know, uh, the standard of God, how can I be holy? But, but, but one of the meanings of the Greek word, which I just think is lovely, it means, it means set apart. It doesn't talk about how good you are. It means what you're for. It's this understanding of what am I, I'm holy, I'm set apart. And I love that phrase. I think we need to understand what it means to be set apart today. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. That song is about being set apart. It's about being rescued. It's about being set free. It's about being delivered. But then it is about being positioned, set apart to God and for God. And too often we can live our lives as if we're not set apart to the kingdom. As if it's not about him, but it can be about us. And I want to just try and understand this morning what it means to be set apart. What does it mean to live worthy of the calling you have received? What does it mean to have an identity that says, actually, I'm set apart? Because when you're set apart, it changes who you are. When you have that understanding, it changes who you are. You're still the same person, but it changes your perspective. Julie and I celebrated 25 years of being married this this week. Woohoo! Along with Phil Slack, huh? Phil and Joy got married on the same day as me and Julia did. 25 years. 25 years ago, Julia and I were set apart to each other. She's loved every minute since. (laughs) I mean, who wouldn't? What a treat. We were set apart to one another. That doesn't mean that everything else stops, but it meant that in a special way, we have a bond together and a commitment to one another and a life that no one else enters into that is ours because we're set apart for one another. That's what it means to be set apart. And when Peter says, you leave the holy and godly lives, he says, church, Christians, disciples, followers, you need to understand if everything's going to be destroyed like this, you need to live a life that's set apart from everybody else. That's set apart from that and that's set apart to God. That it's a distinction in how you live and what goes on in your life. I want to just try and understand what that means this morning. Set apart means you have to decide what you're going to live for. Set apart means you're going to have to say, well, you know what? As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Set apart means there are things that I will not do and things that I cannot do because I am living for the cause of God in my life. It's a set apart thing. See, there's too many, too, too much of the testimony of this world would say, you can have it all, friends, but the Bible says you can't. It says you have to be set apart to the King of Kings. Oh, amen, Dave, what a great point tells you that you have to say, you know what, I've, I've got to decide why I'm living on earth. What am I giving myself to? Set apart means establishing the priority of our lives. What kind of people we're going to be. We're devoted, we're wholehearted, we're committed, we're dedicated. Peter reminds his readers that they have a bigger purpose for their lives than just simply their lives. I want to say that to us this morning. People of God, we have a greater purpose to our lives than our lives. We've been set apart for the purpose of God. And therefore, it has to influence and change our decision-making, our context, our perspective, our outlook, as we give ourselves to the purposes of God. 
And it's that understanding that gives the early church the strength and the focus to go through hell for the sake of the gospel. Because they understand that they're set apart. So I want to say to you today, what is the main priority of your life? Because it needs to be. What kind of person am I? I'm set apart for God. Jesus said to his disciples in the Sermon on the Mount, when he talked about so many things, he said, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what we shall drink or what we shall wear, for pagans run after these things. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. I'm going to say to you today, we need to be confident in what the Lord can add to our lives. We need to seek first his kingdom. We need sometimes to readjust our way of living and say, you know what, I'm not really set apart to God in this. I'm quite self-centered in this. I'm asking God just to bless me and to sort me out. I need to bring my life a bit more into line with his kingdom. Now, that doesn't mean you have to abandon everything. Don't get so extreme. I'll talk about that in a little while. But, but I, I just feel that for some of us, we need to honestly uphold our lives and look in the mirror and say, am I really set apart for him? Am I really ready to hear his voice? Am I really ready to respond to what he says to me? Am I really living for the kingdom of God and for his righteousness? See, it's easy today to be in church. It's easy today to have a faith. But it's hard to be the kind of people who say, I'm set apart. Because set apart brings consequences. Set apart brings challenges. Set apart brings all kinds of opportunities for us to do things differently. Jesus challenges the prevailing mentality even in his day and says, don't put first in your life things that don't really matter that much. But seek first the kingdom of God. That's an amazing thing for him to say because at that moment in time, the disciples can't even really see the kingdom of God. They have to start to perceive it and what it could be with eyes of faith as Jesus speaks into their life and to their situation. This is what it means to live and to be set apart for God. The Lord says to his people in Leviticus, you are to be holy to me because I, the Lord, am holy and I have set you apart from the nations to be my own. Wow. You see, we want the identity, friends, don't we? We want to wear the badge, hey, I'm set apart by God. But that means that how we live has to be set apart too. My mum used to say to me when I was a little boy, and I was going away on holiday, camping, Fraysthorpe. She used to say to me, remember who you are and who you serve. And what she meant was, if I hear bad stories about you, it's going to get the back of my hand, son. And I did. Poor little battered Dave. But what she meant was, you need to be understand. You're set apart. You're my child. I expect behavior. I expect you to live up to what I've given you. And somewhere along the line, we, we ask the Lord to live up to an awful lot, don't we? And he is gracious to us. And he is merciful to us. But he also calls us to say, I'm set apart. There'll be some things you can't do this week because you're set apart. Hello. 
You know, set apart teaches us to say no to worldly things. That's what the Bible says. It doesn't tell us, oh, well, we'll just do it. It doesn't really matter. No, it says you teach you to say no. Because actually you've got to live like a follower of Christ. It's not because it's wrong. It's because it's not right for you. So therefore we have to take hold of the purposes of God in our lives and in our context. This is what the Hebrews spoke about. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. Wow. Admitting that actually this isn't our home. I'm from another land. Come on, church. See, see is Christianity just about today? No, it's about where we're going. It's about lift up your head. Your redemption draws nigh. It's about understanding that Jesus is coming again. It's about recognizing that until that day, whether it's in my lifetime or 3,000 years from now, actually, I'm lifting my head and being set apart by God. See, it's not that I'm no longer a slave to be free to do whatever I want. It's I'm no longer a slave so I can serve the Lord. It's a voluntary thing. Something I give myself to. But you have to decide what you're going to live for if you're going to be set apart. Needs to decide what's first in our lives. I love this little phrase when Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, For I received, for what I received, I passed on to you of first importance that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. I love it, he says, there are some things you know that are of first importance. There are lots of important things, friends. But what's of first importance in your life? See, that's a question, isn't it? There are lots of important things. There are a lot of things we give ourselves to. There are a lot of things we're uh, uh, pulled to and are drawn to and attracted to. All kinds of things that seem to be good. And many of them are. They're not bad in of themselves. But what is of first importance to us as followers of Christ? See, I think just by asking yourself that question... It's, it's a radical question. Because you have to say, what kind of life am I living? What kind of person am I? Am I set apart for the Lord? See, Jesus never apologized about the command and the demands he made on our lives. Do you know that? He looked at the rich young ruler who said, I've kept all the commandments. And it says he looked at him, he loved him, and then he asked him to do the most impossible thing give up all his money and to follow him. Why? Wow. I'd have been saying, well, I'm sure if we just, let's negotiate. If you give 50%, you can stay. Jesus just said to him, no, I need to deal with your heart. I need to deal with the issue that's right in you. I need to deal with what you're living for. You need to live for me. You need to be set apart if you want to live an eternal life. And we talk about this stuff as if it's routine, friends, but actually it's at the heart of everything that we do for God. I'm set apart for you, Lord. I'm seeking you. Joshua said to his people, if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. You've got to decide what you're living for. Set apart, secondly, means you can't have multiple priorities. Jesus said this, no one can serve two masters. You have to love one and despise the other. 
You cannot be devoted to one and not despise the other. You've got to decide what takes the place. Now, I'm laboring this point today because I think it's a life and death point for many believers. I think many people don't experience the the love and the commitment and the desire and the fulfillment of seeing God move through them. And I think Christianity becomes a religious routine for many. Hello. Because they haven't decided that Jesus is the main priority of their life. So they've added him. They've added him to their lives. They haven't surrendered to him. Nobody here like that. But I just want to challenge you this morning. To be set apart means that we have to say, he's master of my life. We used to sing that old hymn, king of my life, I crown thee now. Thine shall the glory be. It's just a hymn of surrender to the Lord. And we sing many others nowadays, modern ones, and that's fine, but we have to get past the lyrics and actually get into the heart of it. As hard as it is to hear, we need to understand that we cannot give our heart to many things. The Bible calls it idolatry. When we give our heart to things that are not God, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. The great commands of the Bible. And and the first one is about a heart commitment to him. He is the Lord of my life. He is the commitment that I have. And he comes in front of other things. And somewhere along the line, we don't like that. We, don't, we want to have him and everything else. Hello? Is it just me? We want to have him and everything else. We want to be able to say, well, you know, yeah, I am a follower of God, but I like to do what I want to do too. And sometimes the two cross over. See, it's all right to have other ambitions and plans in life. The problem comes is when they become Ahead of the purposes of God. Hello. Stop looking at your shoes, everybody. It's true, isn't it? See, when they brought a coin to Jesus, they said, um, shall we pay taxes to Caesar to try and trap him? And he said, whose face is on the coin? And they said, Caesar's. And the Lord said this, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God, to God what is God's. In other words, he says, there are other legitimate claims on your life. There are things that you have to do, that you have to be committed to. There are things that you have to respond to. There are responsibilities you have to take. You should give to them what they deserve. But listen, above everything, you've got to give God what's God's. And we need to understand in our lives, the first and foremost claim in our lives is the Lord. There comes a time when the Lord's kingdom supersedes man's kingdom. Whoa, wow. We don't like that, do we? That's, that's approaching, friends, in our day and age, religious intolerance. Remember when they took the disciples into jail and they commanded them not to preach, and it says, and then they beat them and sent them out saying, preach no longer in this name. And the disciples said, judge for yourselves whether it is right for us to obey man or to obey God. Wow. That's tricky, isn't it? What does that mean? It means that God has to have first place in our lives. Now, I don't know about you, but, but friends, that's a challenge. Because there's always something that seems to lure our hearts and our affections and our investments and our talents away from the purposes of God. Anybody know what I'm talking about today? So I just want us to think about it. What kind of people are we to be? Well, if we're going to be set apart, we have to decide there's only one master in our lives, and that's the King of Kings. 
And his rule overrides our rule. His rule actually determines our path. So we have to consider him in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will direct your path. What is it saying? It's saying you can't serve two masters. You have to decide. I'm not going to walk my way. I'm going to acknowledge him in my way and allow him to redirect me when I need to be. Hello. (laughs) When he's saying, I've got three weeks of this. Dear God. Friends, I'm only saying it because I love us. I'm only saying it because I believe that God's looking for a people today who are set apart. I'm only saying it because I think the church is in danger of not being set apart. Not this church, the church. I think we can be busy. I think we can be rushing. I think we've been trying to do all kinds of things. Remember what the Lord said to Martha. You are worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed, or indeed, only one. Wow. Do you think sometimes that uh, if we stopped praying to God about changing things and sat in God's presence for half an hour and allowed him to change us, our prayers might change. Because we've set apart our lives and said, Lord... See, Jesus sat in the garden, didn't he? And he wept drops of blood because he was under such stress. And his prayer to the Lord, his prayer to the Father was not, can you please change this? He said, Lord, let this cup pass from me, but if it can't pass from me, then your will be done. See, sometimes we just have to pray and say to the Lord, Lord, your will be done. We can't just say to the Lord, please change this. Lord, if you don't change this, I'm going to be really disappointed. If you don't work this out, I'm, going to, I'm just going to take a salt. I'm going to start hating everybody. Is that just me? Lord, your will be done. Because you're first, Lord. So if your will demands my sacrifice, actually, Lord, I'm prepared for that. See, the truth is many of our brothers and sisters in history, and even today, are praying those prayers. Because they understand what it means to be set apart. They understand that actually sometimes they can't bring their own priorities and put them in front of God's. Set apart is a serious thing. I don't want you to just see it as, a, well, this is a choice that I have. Friends, it's, it's a submission, a surrender to the Lord. Sometimes we have to narrow down the things that we have in our lives and love something different. And then set apart means you have to keep yourself on track with God. It says in Revelation Chapter 2, I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. See, set apart means I have to take responsibility for where I am. Lord, I'm going to follow you. Lord, I'm going to honor you. Lord, I'm going to keep myself alive. Jesus, writing to the young church in Ephesus, says to them in Revelation, you've lost your focus. You've allowed the priorities of your life to be clouded by other things. You know, and that happens to us. It can be uh, failure, it can be conflict, it can be neglect, it can be relationship disappointment, it can be all kinds of stuff, but it causes us to forsake our love for God. And the Lord says to them, remember how far you've fallen and repent. See, when you're set apart, you have to take responsibility to stay on track yourself. You can't allow other people to knock you off course because you're set apart. How many of you know you can't keep anybody else following Jesus, just yourself? 
fine, you can pray for them and you should do that. You can advise them and you should do that. But friends, it doesn't make the difference. What makes the difference is a heart surrendered to the purpose of God. And so we have to come and say to ourselves, you know what, Lord, I'm taking responsibility for me. We read it earlier. Uh, sorry, we didn't read it earlier. I'm not sure if we read it earlier by now. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. Yeah, we did. A holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. We need to understand who we are in God. I need to say, actually, that's who I am. And that's the main priority of my life is to be a part for him. And so whatever I do, I do it for the glory of God. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it for his glory. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might for him. Friends, in in those moments, we understand that our whole of our lives is a, a sacrifice, an offering, a worship act to God. And so therefore, we set ourselves apart. We say, actually, I'm going to keep myself following him and doing what he's called me to do. The letter of Jude, when he writes to a church that is overwhelmed by persecution and hardship and heresy and all kinds of things, he says to his, these readers, but you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in the most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God. As you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. He says, listen. Be set apart because the Lord is coming. Be set apart because Jesus will bring everything under him. Be set apart. Keep yourself in God's love. And I, I, I recognize that. Sometimes I just want other people to keep me in the love of God, don't you? Sometimes I want other people to sort it out. Sometimes I want other people to encourage me. Sometimes I just want the phone to ring and there'd be a mighty prophecy from God about how blessed I am and how much God has a plan for my life. Then the phone goes. And it's someone trying to sell me PPI. (laughs) Why? Because the Bible says I've got to keep myself. Hey, there's a place for all those things. We all love to get a prophecy that speaks into our life. Of course we do. But if we depend on a prophecy and we don't keep ourselves, then we're missing out on what God's called us to do and what God's called us to be. We are to keep ourselves in God's love. So what kind of people are we to be set apart, holy and godly? Set apart means you have to decide what you're living for. You have to make that call. Lord, I'll serve you. Set apart means you can't have too many priorities for your life. Sometimes you have to turn away from something to take hold of the purposes of God. It's not that it's wrong. It's just that you can only give that what that's due, but you've got to give God what he's due in your life. You've got to make a decision. You know, sometimes, Christians, we really need to learn to make better decisions based on whether it's for God's purposes or not. Because sometimes the choices we make are much more about us than they are the kingdom of God. Now listen, let me understand. I'm just trying to give us a bit of wisdom here now. So many people take great opportunities that lead them into slavery. Because they're not free anymore to pursue the things that are in their heart. It's not the thing, the choices are wrong. It's just that that's giving to themselves what they should give, but actually it's come at a cost that they do no longer give what God deserves. 
Can I suggest that's a price not worth paying? Because it will rob you of the freedom that God came to bring you. And so you have to say, I'm set apart. I can't do it. That will hinder my walk with God. I won't do it. See, that's the discipline of being a disciple. It's the hard bit, isn't it? Because it means that when I leave church on Sunday, I've got to walk in the truth of that decision. And sometimes there comes oh, a sense of if only, if only. But the Bible says that the Lord leads us into a place of repentance where there is no regret. You'll never regret following Jesus, friends. You'll never regret setting him apart for your life. Set apart means you have to take responsibility to keep yourself near God's love. What are you really living for? Seek first his kingdom. What takes the place of God in your life? You can't serve two masters. Are you keeping yourself in God's love today? Let's pray. Thank you for listening so patiently to the word this morning. What kind of people ought we to be? We need to be people who have our priorities established, that we're set apart for him, holy and godly. That that setting apart should change so many things in our lives. So before we close our service this morning, I just want to give an opportunity. Maybe you're here today and you're not yet a follower of Christ. You've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. Today, God is calling you to be a son or a daughter, calling you to put him first, to accept his lordship, to accept him as your savior. You need to be honest enough to admit today that you need a savior. And you need to be willing to accept him as your Lord. I'm just going to pray a, a prayer out loud. You pray it in your hearts, if that's you today, and you know you need to get right with God. I just want you to pray it, and then we're going to say amen and close our service in a few moments. Just pray it in your heart, just as I pray it out loud. Lord Jesus, I know that I need you today to be my Savior, to rescue me from the guilt of my sin, from the things that I've done wrong, and from the sense of separation from you that fills my life. I admit today I am a sinner. And I believe that you died for the sins of the world, including mine. Thank you for making a way for me to find new life today. I ask you to make me new. And I choose to follow you as my Lord and my Savior. Amen. Just as our heads are bowed, this morning, if you prayed that prayer, just here in church this morning, saying, Dave, I, I've responded to God this morning. I need to make him Lord of my life. Then just as our heads are bowed, would you just slip your hand up and say, Dave, that's me. Pray for me, please. Is there anybody in the house this morning? Yeah, thank you. You can put your hand down. That's fine. Yeah, thank you. Put your hand down. Father, I just pray for those, Lord, who have responded to your word. Lord, I ask you, Father, to come in and fill their lives today. Lord, let your spirit, Lord, rest upon them, Lord. Lord, let your, Lord, grace and mercy fill their lives. Lord, as they respond to your word. Lord, that we would be set apart for you. 
Lord, I ask you to fill them by your spirit and with your love. And Lord, even today as they leave this place, Lord, may they know, Lord, that they have come to life in Christ. And that, Lord, that they would be, Lord, your people, called by your name. Lord, chosen by you. Amen.